what were the cultural shocks say you faced going into japan like what actually stood out to you one major thing how much people respect the rules of the country oh. <laughs> you can't relate right <laughs> yes, no i cannot <laughs> relate bro it's like it's crazy because um i don't know if, i don't even know where to start with even if it's not written anywhere or not said mm-hmm. they they would just like ethically they would follow it hey folks or should i say konnichiwa actually it's konbanwa because it's night here and over there but yeah welcome back to tiko talks this is season 2 the story series where we interview guests from around the globe to share with us their experiences their stories from the countries that they are in and after an extended period to the west of sri lanka today we head east all the way to the land of the rising sun japan i'm your host lukman rauf and joining us all the way from beppo in japan is ranul kotwe godo welcome to the show bro hey hey it's nice to be on the show thank you man it's a pleasure it's a pleasure to have you on the show and before we get started folks this is your friendly reminder if you're listening to this podcast on a platform such as apple podcast make sure to rate the show and if you feel like it maybe drop a review as well it would do uh, it would mean so much and it would help so much to get us featured and help more people discover the show however if you're watching us on youtube you know the drill like share subscribe and all that and drop your thoughts in the comments down below again one more thing before we get started today we're going to talk about japan and this this question goes out to you as well ranul um before you went to japan that is what was the first thing that comes to your mind when i say japan for me of course when somebody says japan the first thing that comes to my mind is anime uh, what about you what what was it for you honestly it was uh, it was that they had like you know so many alphabets and like such a complex system of you know writing the and language. that was the only thing in my head yeah right right so folks you can drop your drop it down in the comments below what is the first thing that comes to your mind when i say japan and let's get started ranul you know give us a small introduction about yourself uh yes so my name is ranul kotwegoda i graduated from st thomas's uh college mount lavinia that was my high school yeah and um i am a third year student at the asia pacific university and i'm majoring in strategic management um 22 years old and it's been around 2 years since i've been in japan yes that's great bro that's that's amazing yeah so um again one more question for you, like a small intro about the country about japan oh small intro okay um japan is a country where a lot of people are conservative i would say in their own sort of way they have their own way and honestly when i came it was it was a whole new world for me um i would say people follow rules like very seriously and their culture is totally different to um, to i think any country in the world a lot of people say china and japan and hong kong i don't know those countries are like similar but japan is unique 
they have their own way of thinking and um i would say i would say it's a difficult country to get used to i i know like the thing is the culture in japan is like even though we are in asia i mean sri lanka and japan is in asia it's such a contrasting culture right like it's not the same as moving to the uk or something like that because then you're used to the western things right but here it's like oriental culture i guess so that's where we come in like two years ago when you flew to japan what was your experience like the experience of moving in and you know the emotional journey the the physical journey the yeah so um i was supposed to come to japan initially with well, my best friend who was you know since uh, he was who was my friend since i was in grade 1 mm-hmm. so i was not uh, i was not worried but suddenly there was this uh, flight change that i had to make and i got to know 3 days before that i was going to go alone and that was terrifying because i had started uh, japanese classes mm-hmm. uh before i was going and i realized that they they did not speak a word of english and there's no there are no proper signs in english or people like aren't aren't going to speak to you like if you suddenly need help or something so okay. i was dead scared but you know i just winged it i came i came to japan and uh, there was there was this person holding a board in my uni mm-hmm. i just contacted him and They, they they spoke to us in like symbols and they're using their fingers and you know pointing at places but it was it was very interesting initially yeah so you did you did you have a, like a background in japanese like a basic understanding of the language before you flew in i went uh, i went for classes for like uh maybe a month but that got me nowhere that just got me even more stressed out yeah <laughs> uh so let me tell you something interesting to start with um japan has three forms of uh writing uh letters so initially uh you have hiragana mm-hmm. um and then you have katakana and then you have kanji kanji is uh, what is what is derived from the chinese characteristics so it's it's mostly um the same as the chinese letters mm-hmm. and uh, hiragana is how you express the meaning of the kanjis and katakana is used for words that um are written in english like for example if i say ice cream um in japanese it would be aisukrimu so anything that derives anything that comes from a foreign country is written in this alphabet so okay. it's it's kind of it's kind of uh, would be like too bad it, it's very complex uh yeah the fact that there are three different alphabets that that that's kind of scary in itself yeah <laughs> yeah but um starting off i remember you telling me like you know that there are three different types of people that go to japan and yes um in my perspective so Yeah. see i'm i'm going to be talking about everything from my perspective um mm. there's there are three i think i've i've seen three main types of people who come to japan uh first would be those that come for language schools uh because they're interested in learning the language or i mean that's a, another way to get the visa mm. 
so once you get visa here, um, you can start working part-time. And the pay is really, really great. Uh, for me, coming from a South Asian country, the pay is really great for me. Um, so people, the, the first kind of people would work hard and they would send back money to their families or they would collect money for their future and they would just, you know, grow. And that um, that's, that's actually, I think, the highest population of Sri Lankans or foreigners coming to Japan for labor or other purposes. Yeah, for working, basically. So they come for and work in they... the form of studying for a language. Yes. So they apply saying, okay, I want to, I want to study the language. I'm interested. Mm -hmm. And then they'll start a Japanese, uh, they'll start going to, uh, it's called Nihongakko. They'll start going to Nihongo Gakko. And uh, then, you know, probably if you graduate that, then you can apply for another university. So they'd keep renewing their visa and they'll be working part-time or, you know, how Japan is famous for vehicles. So they try and do a business with Sri Lanka, anything that, you know, uh, triggers growth. So that's the first kind of people. Nice. Yes. So second would say, I think people like me, which is a very, uh, it's a minority for sure. People who come here for uh, university, like who want to do their bachelor's or master's. And it's actually interesting that Japan has so many um, scholarships because uh, their culture is based on this underlying assumption that they need to learn English and they need to uh, sort of interact with foreigners. Like every, like that, there's this thing in my uni where people, Japanese students are so hyped up about, you know, going abroad, meeting foreigners. It, it's like a thing that if you don't do, you sort of look down upon. I don't that's that's what I have experienced. So they offer scholarships uh, and students would come. Uh, and it, it also helps the economy because they're spending, the students are spending here mm -hmm. and they're helping out with part-time jobs, whatever. Uh, so that's the second type. Uh, I'll speak about these scholarships and all that later, I think. Yeah, Definitely. I think that's an interesting point. Um, so the third type is people who come for like professional work. Uh, mostly, I would say IT, IT based because Japan has a, a lower number of IT professionals. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so uh, they would come. And honestly, I haven't. Uh, really experienced like I haven't met a lot of uh, them but I'm sure that like I'm sure there are a lot of people like that because I see these posts about people who are really successful in Japan and mm. who are foreigners so yeah that's the three type of types of people that's cool man and what's great about this is these the three types basically you're, you guys are going to be looking at Japan from totally different viewpoints right what yeah they see is not what you see and it's going to be, I don't know. And also, um, you're living in Beppo, right? So that is it. Is that like, uh, what do you say? That's like a countryside or like town yeah. or. Um. So, okay. Everyone asks me this question, uh, <laughs> even back in Lanka. So, uh, my my explanation to them is um, that it's the Anuradhapura of Japan. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's very self-explanatory. Yeah. 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 Uh, makes sense is because there was no young people in this city uh, to keep it going to do the to do work. the you know labor work yes so they needed to keep this city going and they made a big university there and you know opened it up to the world so then pe- young people started coming i think that's why they made it they, for sure but um the city has um all the facilities i think close to colombo i would say close to colombo except for the nightlife um yeah so so the experience of somebody living in the suburbs or closer to tokyo and somebody living in a city like anuradhapura of Jap- of japan or, or 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 candy of japan you know like the other cities i think there's um, nagasaki and a few other cities right yeah. so yeah. how how different is it like would you say it's like a totally different experience or is it like more or less the same okay so in japan um in the cities you could see uh, the the dif- you could see the rush you could literally see the rush the amount of vehicles people walking very very fast like seriously fast Mm-hmm. and um there's there's a lot of um i would say fashion like people dressed in like different different clothes and stuff in the cities and so many malls shops uh i don't know it's it's just like very happening all the time mm-hmm. but in this city it's not it's it's not that fast it's it's not a fast city it's pretty chilled out um i'm i'm saying chilled out but i don't mean it has less facilities there okay. are buses trains everything on time shops whatever you need is there it's just people are not as much in a hurry mm-hmm. for everything yeah right yeah so let's uh, get back to the uh, i just sidetracked a lot over there because man i'll be honest with you man when i started off this podcasting thing right so i started off in singapore One, a country that I really, really, really wanted to do was Japan, South Korea, because I that was around the time I started watching anime as well. So that really got me to like, you know, I really want to learn more about this country from somebody in the country, right? So I went on Reddit forums, right? I went on Twitter. I couldn't find a person. And thank God, shout out to Hemaka for getting me in touch with you and... Uh, you know we are doing this right now i swear to god man i'm so excited about this so uh, bear with yeah. me if i get sidetracked right so let's get to the question coming from sri lanka let's say it's a south asian country of say similar to india to most respects right so sri lanka indian what were the cultural shocks say you faced um going into japan like um what actually stood out to you i mean i'm pretty sure a lot of things stood out to you but like what was the, if you could say like one major thing that stood out to you what would that be one major thing uh how much people respect the rules of the country 
Oh. You can't relate, right? <laughs> yes, no I cannot <laughs> relate, bro. It's like it's crazy because um, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with. Even if it's not written anywhere or not said, mm-hmm. they they would just like ethically they would follow it. I I don't I I have no clue how they do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just I think it's programmed in them that just like. <laughs> that dna comes with rule following like yeah. no no wonder they stood out to you you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, right right so um as, as um anybody moving into a country you had some expectations right moving in um like uh, especially after you went to that class about japanese and things like that you had certain expectations right okay this is what i'm going to face did it live up like did it meet your expectations did it exceed your expectations or was it totally different from your expectations once you landed out there how was it initially i thought it was going to be really life was going to be very difficult because of the language mm-hmm. and because i don't know their culture and i might mess up so i had this feeling that I'm, i always i would have to like watch and like learn and sort of make so many mistakes but no i i came into an environment where it's so international people friendly like because my entire city is um uh is based on this university like that's the main thing in the city and there are so many foreigners so and i went into the university dorms at first so there were so many international like people and of course still we had to all you know accustomed to the japanese ways and you follow the rules you know just do all of that but it was uh, it, the process was very slow it just didn't hit me in the face right yeah. so that that's great i mean it's good that you had you could take it gradually instead of you know yeah. being dropped in the middle of the uh, ocean or something like that yeah so however wherever we go we're going to come back to the same topic that is Japanese the language right so educate us you know take okay. your time and um for me uh for Wait, us like before you start off before you start yeah. off before you start off nande <laughs> why why i why i chose japanese or japan Wait, nande means why i thought it means maybe uh maybe maybe does not mean I, i as far as i know maybe is not nande and i'm taking pre advanced japanese so i i'm pretty sure nande doesn't mean what how do you say maybe in japanese maybe uh there's so many ways tabun kamoshiranai like at the end of a sentence you can say kamoshiranai or oh, mm, yeah I I I, I I probably need to rewatch my Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you go on, bro. I just embarrassed myself, but yeah, you can go on. Um, it's. Uh, I I would start with saying that I learned Japanese, st- uh, like from nine, uh, eight, eight forty-five a.m. to five forty-five p.m. Uh, every weekday, except Wednesday. Uh. and had a shit ton of homework and lived a very 
circular lifestyle for six straight months. Uh, and it was very exhausting. Uh, only Japanese. It really, yeah. Yes, only Japanese for six straight months when I came to Japan. And we had three classes per day, different homework from all those classes. So by the time we go home, we would just eat and sit down again to study for the next class or there would be a quiz and that would affect our GPA. So we are scholarship students and sometimes if we keep failing that they might revoke our scholarship. So a shit scared of that and we were like really doing our best. Yeah. Um, features of the language, I would say it's a very, like it's, it's a super um, contextual language. You can say a word, but it could mean so many different things based on the context. So, uh, for like, I don't know. Okay, I, I, I'll simply take the word otsukare. Mm -hmm. Okay, otsukare means good job. Like, yeah, like it means good job. It means okay. like, well done. Okay. Okay. But when you see a person walking on the road, you can say otsukare. He's just walking on the road. It's, it's like a way of saying hello. Right. Yes. So once you're done with class, you can say otsukare. Once you're done with uh, sport, you can say otsukare. Once you meet someone, you can say otsukare. And uh, yeah, like it didn't make sense to me at first. Mm -hmm. Why are you saying well done or, you know, you look like, you know, you did your best every time you see someone like, you know, but it, it's just culture. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and Ohayo gozaimasu means good morning, but I would go to work at, I would go to work at 10 p.m. and mm -hmm. my manager would say Ohayo gozaimasu. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's the way. Yeah. I just remember something else. Arigato yeah. gozaimasu. Thank you very much. Arigato is, thank you, yes. Something else for sorry, Bob. What was it for sorry? Sumimasen? No. Oh, gomen nasai. Gomen nasai. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. <laughs> but um, so 10 p.m., 10 a.m., it doesn't matter. You can just go say good morning to anybody. Uh, you can say good morning because uh, I think that there's a culture, from mm -hmm. my experience, there's a culture when you go to a place, like when you enter the place firstly, and it, it's like it's the first person you meet. And you know you just got in there, so Ohio was I must like doesn't matter the time. Right. That's nice. Yeah. So it, it really depends on like the entire language is so contextual. Um, so that was very difficult for me at first too. I would I would initially translate everything in my head and it would make sense and I would be confused. And then I told myself, stop, stop trying to directly translate everything because their culture is embedded with their language. So you can't, you can't try to separate it and you know, get a full English meaning out of it. So you just need to adapt to it and like, you know, learn while adapting to the culture. That's true. That's true. Um, that's one of the most beautiful things about, especially when it comes to the Oriental cultures, you can't just learn their language, right? So I have a friend who's learning Chinese as well. You can't just learn Chinese. You have to learn their culture. You, you, you know, you, it's not, the language is not 
independent from it's basically it's kind of intertwined with everything and that's yeah. kind of beautiful man in a way it's nice it is but um, so you so english won't help you like like uh, so in your context that you're in a university environment with international students of course yeah english is going to help you a lot but generally english is not not like not at all the common in japan kind of thing no bro i think okay so there's this thing where uh, i heard from my friends in tokyo that a lot of people in tokyo uh, can or at least try to speak japanese uh, sorry english right. but um in the cities that i have been to um nobody nobody speaks um english and they can they can probably say hi my name is this nice to meet you um that that would be it like but they learn english from like you know high school no wait junior high school or something they learn english from a very young age but they don't speak it but i understand why because their culture is so strong and their um their words the the, the pronunciations are very um strong so uh that 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 sort of lenient towards a certain way uh that they that they cannot really like you know adapt to something different very fast so for example a uh, singhala um is uh, you know our language mm-hmm. singhala is um you can pronounce so many there are 60 letters in the alphabet 60 odd so you can pronounce things in different ways your tongue twists to mm-hmm. different different places and you can you know pronounce a lot of lot of sounds yeah but japanese have limited uh, have a limited amount of sounds that they can pronounce for this is just one fact for example so yeah is the is it a stereotype the r's and the l's you know confusing yes so my name is ranul but they call me ranuru because they can't pronounce the l or some people say lanulu lalulu which is fucked up for me actually <laughs> shit sorry no worries. yeah <laughs> yeah so so they they do do um, to mess up, mess up with the r's and l's yeah they do they do and they have but they have a r in the language they have an r they don't mm-hmm. have an l right and they speak from their chest um that's actually the first time i'm hearing that but yeah it makes sense it makes sense cuz i've heard that japanese is a very strong like you just said it yourself it's a very strong language it requires a lot of you know yeah yeah so um one uh, one thing i want to say is uh, i have worked in a japanese call center and i'm still working uh, it was a olympic customer care center uh-huh. and yeah um people get uh, people people like i know the voice is so deep and mm-hmm. the accents are very strong so i understand the chest thing yeah i'm just blown away by the fact that you're working in a japanese call center but like is like you know is your japanese that good 
you could speak okay. to us mohan you know just um i don't know uh, uh, give us an intro about yourself in japanese or something like that wait uh, uh, first i clarify that for you the uh, call center thing um i actually initially went as uh, the english uh, the person who would pick up the english calls and mm-hmm. that's, that that was a bit of work you know data entry stuff like that just working in the ticketing center of tokyo olympics um so that was a bit of work until i got really accustomed in my office i wasn't allowed to take japanese calls but it got really busy and my manager was like you need to get into this and you know for like one and a half or two months i worked really really hard like i i had basic level japanese uh initially when i went in uh but then after i started you know i just learned the words pretty quick mm-hmm. and yeah um one more thing i mean mostly in call centers you repeat the same set of instructions except for when you get scolded <laughs> uh, so yeah it was tough but i i learned a lot um i can relate with you because just on a side note um last week i I, i i quit my job i was working in a call center as well <laughs> so nice. i got i worked for two months okay first month was interesting yeah. second month i was like i've had enough I, i've had enough repeating the same shit again and again uh, i'm leaving <laughs> so <laughs> so i get where you're yeah. coming at bro oh my god so i'm i'm waiting man i'm not letting you go without you speak uh, uh, at least you no know, paragraph in japanese something introduce yourself <laughs> uh okay okay i don't know so people who know japanese watching this they're going to think i don't know what the <laughs> impression is going to be but uh, yeah i'll try um okay so japanese start with hajimemashite which means uh it's the first time i'm meeting you nice to meet you kind of thing um hajimemashite kanuru to omoshimasu apu no あ、3年生です。あ、今今現在あの、タンスコスモスっていう会社で働いています。あの、その会社で東京2020オリンピックのチケットカスタマーセンターあ、っていうなんかなんていう事務所があってあのそこのあの、担当の方、ね、担当方のようにあの、アルバイトやってます。よろしくお願いします。ありがとう。あの、ですベーシック、ベーシック。I I'm definitely going to drop I mean I, I really want to visit Japan one day maybe. Yes. <laughs> I think that's yeah it's a place you have to visit because it's it's not you don't see it much in the movies or you don't see the culture much. So yeah. Oh that I know. That's the thing. Wow, that's that's a lot of our language there's a lot to digest as well. Um okay. Can I just mention one interesting thing? I think uh, people really need to know this. Go ahead. There's so three yours. ways Mm-hmm. there's three ways of uh 
expressing things in japan in japanese like there are three sets of words one the words that you speak in general like general conversation you know the way you the way you would speak to your friend then there's the way that you would speak to someone politely like if you want to be polite if you want to ask them for a favor there's a certain set of words you need to use then there's a there's a set of words that you need to use for a really like high level person like you know it's called mei no hito like someone that you look up to like your sensei or you know like your boss something someone like that you'd use keigo it's called it's called keigo uh, which means like um respectful words kind of thing respectful phrases so you have to if you learn the word for eating in normal conversation that's uh uh yeah so if you learn the word for, i'm not going to mention the the word right now but if you learn the word for eating in normal conversation you also have to learn the word for eating in uh to be to be like polite and then you have to learn the word for the topmost level as well so there's three words for eating and like you know you need to be able to look at the situation and use the word appropriately yes that is that is there too that <laughs> man so you, we need to learn three separate languages for while learning the same language <laughs> language i would see i would say words like sets mm-hmm. of words it's yeah. understandable because you know i i don't know much about japan but i know for a fact that they're very respectful like especially they have the thing towards the elders and all you know like the bowing down and um all of that so i mean i at least know that much so it makes sense actually you know that it would be ingrained in their language as well right so yeah. um yeah so that is about the language right and one of the main things that will come to mind when i say japan some of these people out here would you know if you guys have already dropped it in the comments below it's probably sushi so <laughs> japanese cuisine is um i um i looked it up right and apparently sushi isn't actually like um originally japanese right it's like uh imports or something like that so yeah i've also heard that but i don't yeah. know how true that is like i don't know because japanese love to say that sushi is bad bad <laughs> they have sushi we have kotto so <laughs> i is kotto actually as uh, one thing i learned about so many different countries also when i came here because half of my friends are like international like mm-hmm. other countries so yeah because i know that lot of south asian countries have kotto but it's called something else it's right. a different name yeah that's that's something new um i i have actually been believing you know that we we came up with kotto i've been proud of that that at least you know at least at least we came up with kotto somebody decided to <laughs> uh, chop up some parathas and <laughs> um when was the last time you came to sri lanka bro i came for um the big match last time the final one that was in last march last uh, in in ssc yeah right right that's okay that's almost uh, more, that's almost almost 2 years right 
I mean, one and a half years, something like one, yeah, one and a half, something yeah. Like so, yeah. was that the last time you ate kotu? Or do they have kotu shops in uh, kotu joints in Japan? <laughs> Bro, there's uh, kotu shops in Japan. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's Sri Lankan restaurants in Japan. Cool man, that's that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so let's talk about the food uh, culture. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the food of Japan. So, so you told me that there's a lot of Sri Lankans living there, so it makes sense, yeah. Like, it makes sense that we have could that they, the first thing they would put up is a kutu joint, yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but when it comes to like, have you, like, of course, you have, you know, what would you see are the stand outstanding factors that comes when it comes to Japanese cuisine? Um, what surprised you? What didn't surprise you? What was the experience like exploring? What surprised me was the prices of food here yes right damn it's i don't know man like for me initially because my parents were su- supporting me and i wasn't mm-hmm. earning mm-hmm. it was like like i was i was so like you know stingy to buy because it, it costs so much for a meal and in sri lanka you would spend what three four hundred mm-hmm. for something yeah yeah this was like thousand two thousand five around thousand five if you want it you know have your stomach full so thousand five yen is close to three thousand sri lankan rupees for a meal thousand five yen for a meal and that's going to be three thousand sri lankan rupees yeah for a meal and i'm also living yeah and i'm also living in a very cheap city because um you know i told you on radhapura (laughs) i'm living in a very cheap city imagine what tokyo is tokyo yeah i'm surprised as well yeah i'm surprised as well i think at one point tokyo was the city with the with the highest living cost in the world yeah i'm surprised yeah yeah i was too and then uh then i i found out like loopholes um you know these uh old ladies or you know Oji-sang, Oba-sang, which means like, you know, siyas and archies, you mm-hmm. know, grandfathers, grandmas mm-hmm. selling their uh, harvest on like, you know, small outlets. And I found a very cheap uh, supermarket. So, yeah, I started buying stuff from there and, and I started making food at home. Yeah, right. So you cook, you cook. It's cheaper to cook yeah. than, rather than... Uh, yeah, it's cheaper to cook. It's definitely cheaper to cook. Um, but let me tell you about uh, the culture. Uh, they, they, you know, of course, I'm sure you know this already. Ramen is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they have so many different types of ramen, mm-hmm. and their food. Uh, they, they, they eat a lot of rice. They like rice, but the rice is much stickier than the Sri Lankan rice. It's very sticky. Um, and there's different, different types of stuff you know sushi sashimi um and my one of my favorites is gyoza which means which is dumplings uh yeah they have different types of meat very they have horse meat uh and stuff yeah it's very interesting no bro i'm uh, i stick to chicken <laughs> yeah <laughs> better safe yeah Right. So, um, 
I kind of lost my train of thought at housemate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And um, so you can commonly find other like not just Sri Lankan. You can find other um cuisines as well, right? Yes, yes, yes. Because there are so many foreigners, um, so you can commonly find it if if you are in one of those cities where you, you know, there are foreigners. but some some cities like i tell you if you walk on the road that they they're going to be really afraid of you because they haven't seen foreigners like some cities like some like village area mm-hmm. cities when they don't have enough foreigners yeah they're going to be super surprised if they see you yeah i can see you've had some experiences <laughs> yeah 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 cuz so many, so many bro yeah some tend to like you some tend to be very rude and they have like a you know pers- very bad perspective they're like you know these are the people that ruin our country kind of thing because oh. everyone follows rules except for the international like <laughs> so you know they they really have to enforce the rules into us mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so um, that that actually brings me to a very important question but i'm just going to keep that aside for a minute um when it comes to like um spices and things like that do they is it bland is it um spicy is it it's bland as bland could be and yeah um see like i gave a you know a spoon of curry mm-hmm. uh, that i made to my japanese friend and his face turned red and he told <laughs> me that he was having stomach problems for 3 days he just had like a spoon of it it's that bad <laughs> yeah oh my god that's yeah. yeah it was it's really bad um but there's this uh thing i want to mention yakiniku a lot of people probably have heard of this it's like it's basically like uh you know it's like a, there's there's a grill uh, it's it's mostly there in restaurants um there's a grill and there's raw meat you mm-hmm. can serve it onto your plate or you can order it and they'll bring it to you you sit around a table and the grill is in the middle and you just throw the you know meat into the grill and all of you all of your friends or whoever has individual plates and you would just take it from like a tong and eat it yeah um that's pretty common like people love yakiniku at least from where i am is that like a yeah. cultural thing like uh, because i've seen that scene in a korean drama to be fair that yeah one... that, that it's it is uh, quite it's there because when my parents went to the philippines also they told me they they you know it was quite common so i think it's almost like common in eastern Asia. Asia. Mm-hmm. makes yeah. sense yeah so that actually brings me to um, you know you actually brought me to a very important question the racism the discrimination um again what you faced because you're in a university atmosphere and they're prepared for foreigners against what you faced while traveling to other places that are you know um there are not university cities to be fair okay um <clears throat> my university i mean areas also still have like you know a lot of stuff uh, for example when the virus like you know in the virus is outbroke and everyone was just in a rush um even the salons like in this uh, 
this city, like salons and certain certain places, wouldn't take uh, international students in because they had a concept, they had a belief that you know, you know, it's it's an international thing. The virus it didn't come from Japan or something like that. So they 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 were very scared of foreigners, and they would I would I would just like you know see people checking if their mask is all the way up because I'm walking down the road like they would literally put it at, like even if it's in your, near your nose they'd put it all the way up <laughs> or they wouldn't get in the they wouldn't get in the lift with you uh, yeah but um oh I had this scene where my friend's uh, graduate school student uh, his wife was pregnant mm-hmm. and they went to the hospital and they had and I think her water broke or something and they went to the hospital and they literally made him uh, first go go back home and bring his insurance and then they made her wait and she was apparently in a lot of pain and she she was told to feel certain things and you know press this seal on certain things and while she was in pain this is all so that there are stuff like that is that because of the fact that they're foreigners or because of the virus because of that or um so this was not during the virus uh this was a little bit before but uh i would like you know i would say it is because sometimes when you're in line like my friend has got friend has gone to the hospital and when you're in line like you know when you come first you basically like, you know first come first serve mm-hmm. you're supposed to go in but they would make you wait a little bit more and they'd take japanese people first there's stuff like that subtle but they yeah it's subtle they wouldn't the, the culture is so mannered that they wouldn't really say anything to your face yeah the only time they said something to my face was when i accidentally parked my car in uh, uh, i parked it in a convenience store because i was just going to go across the road mm-hmm. and come back across uh, the road go to this office get some documents and come back because I really didn't see the point of paying for a parking because here you have to pay for parking a lot and that's fine but um, mm. I didn't see the point so I went to the office and they kept me for like an hour and when I came back they had pasted posters all over the car and uh, I you know I I came back I came to the car and I was like oh shit like you know probably the convenience store manager is pissed the manager just came up to me and he was like please take the car this is really weird like you know people don't park cars like this and he started telling me to okay take the car mm-hmm. he was stern but he was he didn't scold me this there, there was this grandma walking on the road she's not even connected to the scene she came up to me and she was like omae kairinasai kunie kunie kairinasai which means like you know it literally means fuck off to your country like something like that Uh, it's yeah. always it's always the old people right it's always the yeah, traditions mostly yeah. the old people so that was the i mean it's nothing too big to be worried mm. about but yeah stuff like that uh, um it's it's fair enough like from i mean it's not fair but it's uh, understandable especially when it comes to the old generation that they have these emotions and these feelings but yeah, yeah. um i guess uh, i just take it and go you know like i said yeah take it as you it just comes. have to put up with it exactly and um, that also again that brings me to something very very important that i just want to like quickly look into um 
Japan is apparently really safe, right? Like, um, crime-wise, as far as I've heard, it's quite safe. But like, what were your experience like, and anything like second-hand experiences with maybe like how are the police there, and uh, you know, of course, the yakuza gangs and things like that. Okay, I I will tell you my experience. There might be so many perspectives to this you know people have experienced various things um but it's a safe country to walk on the road in the night you know if you're if you're like you know in certain especially our country i would say it's not very safe for a girl to walk in the night you know alone anything but there's nothing like that nobody would look at you in a weird way or like cat call you or mm-hmm. nothing like that it's mm-hmm. completely safe gotcha. uh but there have been incidents where you know wallets were stolen and you know just stuff like you know this common stuff like that except recently there was this very famous news where a man during halloween uh that there, there are a lot of like little psycho people like here uh-huh. they, they they actually like a lot of a lot of japanese people are like lonely and they have so many problems that they don't speak about i'll get mm-hmm. to that later Mm-hmm. uh but this man he stabbed 11 people in the train and uh i think one or two died or something i i heard i'm not sure and he was just sitting in the station with his knife uh smoking a cigarette waiting for the cops to come and catch him and like there's the video of him just like you know putting one leg on the other and like just chilling like nothing happened and smoking his cigarette Uh, yeah it, yeah psycho i get that <laughs> yeah so apparently his explanation is that he was bored the girls were happy oh and he he wanted to stab happy girls or something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah i am laughing this said yeah but i have um, like you said you no know, depression I think you mentioned it before as well the overworking culture I I actually came across this really weird fact that there were people who willingly isolate themselves from society lock themselves up in their room for 6 months 10 months and there, there was this weird name that they were called I don't remember what they were called they like willingly go away from society but inside but they just like locked in the room like and withdrawn kind of thing and there's people who like suicide from overworking and things like that right Mm-hmm. there's a lot of mental issues yeah health mental um, health problems so, yeah yeah okay i think uh, it's because of the overworking culture um see once you join a company it's like you've made a promise like you to work there for the rest of your life like it catches on to you it 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 roots into your body like people are so loyal to the company they worked for and you know they would they would try to keep like you know try to follow the rules as much as possible like this is generally okay there's so many mm-hmm. different cases but generally they're very loyal to the company they find it very hard to leave the company uh even if even if you're going through a tough time and the pay is not enough whatever because they they have a very bureaucratic uh, you know controlling system like like bureaucratic governance like like you have to even if you're talented you have to be old to be a boss in general like the old people are the bosses 
mm-hmm. and you know you have to follow the rules you have to work you have to work not not be talented but work hard to go to the top of the company so yeah. uh yeah and people work their asses off here man like they give their entire lives to their job and i think that's why you know they, they have all these other problems it's called there's this word for it karoshi it means work death like people die until you know like die they work until they work so dead. hard yeah they exactly especially like you, i don't know if you've heard like companies like even famous companies like toyota and nissan i i've heard stories that you know they've had these cases because people are forced to work in a plant for so long and the best part is how once you're done working like 6 o'clock you're done but 7 o'clock is when the real stuff starts okay everyone would go to a bar all the working people would go to a bar and drink up <clears throat> and while drinking they would discuss the most important matters the the biggest decisions and if you it's not compulsory to go there but if you miss that you're basically that that's it that's the you won't be a part of the team the next day so even after you're done with work you would have to attend those even if you're done with work you're not done with work basically <laughs> yeah yeah and that's really tough man like i have so many friends like you know my seniors who are like suffering because they don't want to go and they don't want to join and they don't want to drink every day mm-hmm. but you have to if i mean if your company culture is like that you're lucky if you don't find a company like that you know i think a lot of companies in tokyo are very international like people friendly so it's fine but i'm talking about you know base like japanese companies so the japanese don't have a problem with drinking every day and no and the the see the bosses the bosses are the ones who initiate this right like so mm-hmm. they don't i guess yeah and you know that i'm actually like study you guys have a study visa right so does that allow you all to work because i know a few other countries that i did that you know if you have a study visa strictly you cannot work but this allows you to work and is how is the work like is it sufficient as a part time job to like sustain yourself or how does it go like the pay and things like that okay um you are allowed to work 28 hours per week during camp like when campus is on and when mm-hmm. campus is not on you are allowed to work 40 hours a week but there are people who go over and if you go over and if you get paid in uh, cash paid in um into your bank account then they can track you then you get taxed a certain percentage uh, but you still can but i i think when you're applying for visa again they'll question you a little you know this is like i know i don't know if i'm like allowed to say this but let me just say it like yeah. people do work but uh dude my my dad does a government job mm-hmm. and i earn more than him just by working 3 days a week i only work 3 days a week and i earn more than him i don't want to like tell you figures but yeah 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 that's so that's okay so okay so if you're comparing what you earn in japan with 
what you earn in Sri Lanka. But I'm like saying, okay, what you earn in Japan to what you spend in Japan, is it proportionate the work, the, uh, the what you, you know, like the, the pay and the cost of living? Because in Sri Lanka, it's not proportionate. We know that, right? It's not proportionate. Yeah. yeah. So it, the economy is structured into a way mm-hmm. that uh, there is a little more, uh, dis- the, the distribution of income is a little higher obviously oh. it's the third largest strongest economy in the country mm-hmm. um it's it's made in a way that okay even if you go to uni or even if you don't uh your salary will be quite similar so for example if you work in mcdonald's 30 days a month eight hours a day okay let's say let's take the weekends out and let's say 20 you know five days 20 days a month and uh, then you can earn around i would say a good 250,000 yen or between that range 250 to 300,000 yen okay and that 300,000 yen is also i do a if i do a degree and for my first few years in a company i can i can like my salary will be that much right so people sometimes they they just graduate high school and start jobs because the pay is the same mm-hmm. and university is shit expensive universities cost like two million here and you know like in lanka it's not free so okay so even for japanese nationals it's not free no bro it's not free that but there are a lot of scholarships and right. people prefer to work right after high school I mean, it makes uh, sense. Like, why would you spend yeah. time studying four years at a uni if you're going to get paid the same at the end of it? Yeah. However, uh, you know, when you go up the ladder, your pay increases. Mm. Plus, uh, like, maybe in five, six years, your pay will increase. Plus, like, the other jobs are labor-based jobs. So that is that if you're in a company, you, you know, you do, like, office stuff. But the other jobs are, like, labor but there are some laborers who earn more, way more than a person who would, you know, especially, especially uh, skilled labor construction. Yeah. Construction pays you so much here. Uh, yeah. That's, that's nice. So, um, yeah, like you said, the, like we discussed in the beginning, you know, the, the ones who work there part-time, the ones in the language school, it makes sense now because if you earn that much, if you can earn that much working part-time, I mean, and send back to your family here, that's a pretty good offer. And um, considering that it's enough to like keep you going in the country itself and you can send back as well, you, you save, that is right. So that's, 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 yeah. good. that's good. But I think you only get to save. So I earn a lot, mm-hmm. yes. But at the same time, I spend uh, quite often, but... I think I can still save around, okay, me being a unist, like I, I only work three days a week. I don't work really hard, mm-hmm. uh, but I could pay, save maybe 70 or 50K a month if I work properly. If I don't get late for work and, you know, cut off a few hours, uh, I could uh, earn, save 70K, yeah. But That's- not in Tokyo. If you're in Tokyo, no. But if you live in a city like mine, yeah. So I'm just going to quickly um, let you in on the questions I got on Instagram, right? So 
Yeah. Uh, actually, Buddhi, I did what you said, and I started off with Konishiva, but I, <laughs> I um, so I have um, Arun asking me if you know of any legit anime figure website with global shipping. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he thought this was, but yeah, what do you think? I'm I'm really sorry, Arun. I I'm not a very big anime fan. Right. I know that's very sad for some of y'all, but um, I just haven't been into you know it, what? so I I don't know. Actually, this um, I'm, this is gonna get me into the cultural aspect of Japan. Obviously, anime is big, but just how big is anime? Is it like everything or no? not everything not 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 from my perspective there are so many people who don't watch anime or um so anime anime just means animated like it means like animated stuff like you know in sri lankan context cartoons Mm -hmm. right so uh yeah there are people who don't who haven't watched it and that's completely normal uh and no not everything is about anime but it's big it's big it's big enough to have stores for it right and uh, how about the other things like k-pop or um chinese dramas or bollywood i know bollywood's not going to be a thing but i'm just uh putting it on the list hollywood nollywood things like that you know which ones move more from the from my context, bro, like from what I have, like, see, I have traveled to places, but I don't think I have, uh, I met people, like I have been close mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. uh, from other prefectures to ask them what they're into. So around me, everyone is into Western stuff, like anything Western, Western dramas, like Marvel, NBA, they would just watch it. Anything that, you know, if the US would produce, they would just, <laughs> you know run for it because it's such a big thing to be a part of the western culture here because um like you know if if you look western they have a word for it like which means which translates uh into cool mm-hmm. it's called kakkoi okay mm-hmm. kakkoi means like cool so for you to be cool you have to have you know you have to have no known all these western stuff western music dramas anything so, I mean, that's one way of being cool, I guess. Yeah. From my context. Yeah. I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Japanese music just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's, there's so many things in the culture I have to like sort of get, still get used to and absorb. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of what comes in with um, when you go there for uni or studies, right? Especially like, you know, when you talk to the others as well in the previous episodes you have this different mindset, right? So you're not in the right mind to go around exploring things as much as you would like to because you have certain responsibilities, you have certain duties that you have to live up to and things like that. So it's totally understandable, right? Now, when you go as a student, that's what you do. You're not, you're not roaming around the place on vacation, right? So it's absolutely understandable as well, right? That is, yeah, yeah that is that. And... Uh, actually it actually led me to something else you know the people that you've interacted with 
um, the Japanese that I'm talking about the native Japanese. Um, of course, they're going to be really respectful, right? That's one. Um, but as friends, right? If you've gotten into like close friends, um, what would you say is like, how different would they be? Like, what? Um, obviously they're really different. But if you could, you know, with the Sri Lankans' attitudes and things like that. Okay. Um, I would tell you this. So I have few, a very few close Japanese friends, mm-hmm. and even if I'm having a small drinking session with them, you know. Once you hit that buzz point, you don't care about how loud you are, right? Most international students, they don't care. But no matter how close you are, your Japanese friends will always poke you and say, no matter how drunk they are, poke you and say, tell you to be quiet because the neighbors will get disturbed. Um, Yeah, so you can't ride a bicycle when you're drunk here. Uh, But... You know, we, we go to the club and coming back is obviously bicycle. Mm-hmm. And my Japanese friends would always try and persuade me to not ride back and push the bicycle <laughs> with you. So even though you get really close, like the, the route is like certain factors in their culture would still like be instilled. And mm-hmm. you need, you just need to respect that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's nice as well. So I'm going to go to another question, right? Uh, okay, um, Zainab asked me, how's the food? And uh, we spoke about that. Uh, Abhi actually wanted to know why you agreed to come on a podcast hosted by me. So <laughs> um, I'm curious as well, like, have you been on a podcast before? No, bro, this is my first time. I think i would i was really interested because i saw a few of your content and mm-hmm. i thought i really want to share uh, my ex- japanese experience with people and tell them that it's not a very scary like show them that it's not a very scary place and there are so many opportunities especially because i know that there are so many students um in sri lanka who don't get into uni and you know they just find uh, you know whatever job that they think they failed in life but no i think <clears throat> here is one of the best places especially my university apu mm-hmm. they're doing a great job bringing people here because if if you're applying from abroad 99 you will get a scholarship just the percentage depends on you know your extracurriculars and your academics but you will definitely get a scholarship and after, like, when you have that scholarship, you don't have to ask your parents for cash. Like, you can come here and work part-time and pay your tuition fees on your, by yourself. Yeah. And yes. I really think it's a great way because even after you graduate, mm-hmm. you can work in a company here and the starting salary is 600,000 Sri Lankan rupees. Um, Japan seems very scary uh, because of the language and especially if you are a person who you know you think who won't get used to something who's scared of being alone um, and you know when you go abroad you're the only one you know kind of thing no I think Japan has a huge Sri Lankan community not as much as Australia uh, but there is there are people and Japanese people are really nice I forgot to mention that there's there's a few 
problems, you know, like, you know, racism at certain times, but most of the time they're nice to you, at least to your face. They're very nice. They're very helpful. Um, and even the, the government is so, um, you know, international student friendly mm -hmm. uh, because during the pandemic, twice or thrice, they gave us 100,000 yen, that is close to 200,000 Sri Lankan rupees for free. Uh, so I just earned six lakhs just staying at home. Uh, and, you know, like that, there are so many support systems and you will never be stuck. Uh, so if you, if you apply, especially, you know, APU and TIU, you can go and search them up later. Uh, you'll definitely get a scholarship. Uh, just the percentage differs and you can pay your tuition on your own and not be a burden to your families and, you know, grow and you can have a new start. You can, you know, you can be who you want to be here. No one's going to judge you. You know, you can change your hair color, call yourself a new name. You know, you can get your, a lot of people do that. They come mm -hmm. here and they call themselves something new because they want to have a fresh start. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I would encourage people to apply to Japan more. And exactly. So this goes out to all the listeners out there, right? So, especially like you said before the ones who are stuck you know that they didn't know what to do next and those who have applied to unis in other places right japan is honestly it's overlooked right it's overlooked and um i think we um i remember we had um the Ritsumaikan, right they're coming up to us in the current affairs as well and talking to us about the opportunities they provide so i guess we were lucky to get to uh to get to know about this right early on so that's that's something great and i guess if you can get over the initial language barrier which you will definitely get over it especially if you have to work the first six months the way that you did right so there's yeah. no way you can't uh, uh blend in um it definitely seems like a very very good option to look into so to my dear listeners out there consider that right and uh, that brings me to the last point that i always get on to uh i have always asked this from everybody settling down right so it's a great place to start your career to start your education and um go on right i know there's no place like home right everybody wants to come back home and all of that but is it a great place to settle down in like if you want to have a good start you no know, you have a lot of people settling down in australia and things like that what about japan um when it comes to settling down i would uh if you are a person that considers uh health care and school fees um things like that for your children and sort of um an environment where your children will uh, not sort of look at things in a no narrow-minded way, sort of, you know, conservative. Um, the word I'm looking for is conservative, yes, certain way. Um, then I would, I would say that Japan is not the best place because um, hospitals are expensive and, you know, school fees are expensive and there, there are a few problems like that. Of course, if two people are earning, that wouldn't be a big problem. But if, you know, if you're planning to pay by yourself, not really. But for a guy who's, or a guy or a girl who's just, who just wants to have a new start 
and um, you know have a good income, have a good lifestyle. I think Japan is uh, one of the best places because it's also rated, I think, the third or fourth best economy in the world. And I don't think you could go wrong. Uh, it's just, it's just how it depends on how you, what your goals are for life. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, it it's subjective, right? It would suit some and it would not suit some. Just a small clarification. Don't they like have like government schools like we do, even like which is like free or things like that? Is like totally paid private schools there are there are government schools but still you have to pay because uh, as far as i have some friends in the te- like teaching mm-hmm. uh, sector and as as far as i've heard from them there are no schools that are free uh, government schools are cheaper but uh, it's still you need to pay yeah that's interesting and um, one more thing uh, actually it was asked on instagram so how do you compare the educational system to like Asia, like this is South Asian or Sri Lankan in general? And they are like, let's talk about pre university, like, you know, school education, school life kind of thing. How, like, I know, obviously, you don't have school going friends, right? But from what you've heard, kind of, what would you say? Any comments? As far as I know, the educational standard in Sri Lanka is either similar or much better in actually uh, much better in my perspective much better because we are forced to you know follow this certain path of uh, good grades for all levels good grades for a levels free university you know we're sort of forced into it Mm -hmm. but for them uh, i think they're more encouraged to follow their dreams so uh, they don't have really difficult uh, problems to solve in every single subject. You know, more like they can follow what they like sort of thing. Yeah. Plus, uh, my university uh, is, uh, it's, a, it's a good university. But to me, um, I think the first two years I've, I spent two years wasn't as challenging as I expected it to be because of the foundation that I've had in Sri Lanka like you know uh, O-levels and A-levels <laughs> are really really tough mm-hmm. and here you can divide what you want to do into sections and take it you can take it easy here yeah that's cool man and uh, I, 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 you, know, you know like even I've personally felt it that I'm glad that I went through the local system 50-50. Like, you know, it's you're cursing the system because, you know, you don't like the system, but the fact that you went through it prepares you for whatever, you know, like whatever is yeah. us, we, we know we can handle it because... <laughs> we can handle it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's nice. That's cool. Man. Yeah. One, one more thing I want to say. Uh, yeah. Japan is if you are disabled or if you have any sort of uh, injuries, things like that. Japan is one of the best countries for those as well because, um, see, in Lanka, I don't think a disabled person can easily get off from a bus 
or you know it's it's not very friendly towards mm -hmm. you but here every place would have uh you know friends have a certain uh procedure to help disabled people and yeah especially public transport public officers would definitely accommodate uh, disabled people a lot uh yeah and if you have you know any of those things japan is also one of the best countries for that as well you're like you wouldn't have to get anyone else's help to live your life that's uh, it is sad man honestly the fact that you know in sri lanka you you don't have that you know like yeah the fact that if you're if you're disabled or something it's basically a barrier right to get things done you can't yeah. you can't you can't get things done on your own man you can't just can't yeah. do that so yeah and um one more thing so just a few random things i know the settling down was the last question in the um normal procedure but a few random things there in here vending machines is it is yes. it as common as <laughs> they make it out yes there? it's as common as heck there's vending machines everywhere especially like for drinks but there's vending machines for tobacco there's vending machines for certain food uh girls if you want girls what? Uh, what? Not yeah there's vending machines for like prostitutes <laughs> i don't know if i have to mark this as explicit now but okay <laughs> i knew i i read actually that there are vending machines for cars right and that was surprising enough but what you just told me now <laughs> yeah um of course i mean i think people already know japan is uh, uh kind of famous for having being on top of the game you know that that sort of game too yeah i heard uh, something about and, love hotels and things like that right yeah bro um there are there are these thing called cuddle cafes where you just pay a person to cuddle you like to cuddle have you been to one no bro no i'm not that sad <laughs> like oh there's a place where you can i've i've heard of this place where you can rent a family what <laughs> rent a what a If family you're sad and lonely you can mm -hmm. rent a family for a day and what you'll have people calling you um uh i <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever you want, you have to rent a family Just and you look after the family, <laughs> pay for yeah. the expenses. You know, it's crazy. It's uh, it's actually a new world. Oh my, god. my god! Right? Yeah. One of the famous things is where old people would go to a bar mm -hmm. and. just talk to a young girl uh and the girl has to sort of uh convince the man to buy drinks right and the man right. would just buy the girl a drink and buy himself a drink and uh just speak just talk to them so that's it's just for speaking it's called girls bar or you know there are so many different names for it but it's that's the setting of it you can just talk to someone hmm. interesting yeah 
Have you ever seen uh, Sumo Wrestlers? No. I haven't seen Sumo Wrestlers, but uh, actually, I have seen, I haven't seen many obese people. These people are really fit. Yeah, they're super fit. They keep fit. They eat healthy food. I think, I think it has to do with their eating pattern. Very healthy. A lot of vegetables and things like that, right? Less meat. Yeah. Yes, yes. And most, some of their meats are raw. Yeah. Doesn't sound very healthy to me, but to be fair. <laughs> yeah, not to us. It's it's just a whole different thing. I would like to see the reaction when they see how, just how much we fry our chicken. You know, like it's probably burnt to them, right? Probably looks burnt. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, but you know, they. So for them, uh, them culture that they're not very culture shocked by our food. Mm-hmm. because there are so there are like different different types of restaurants like right. everywhere so you can yeah you can That's... find these things quite often it's nice okay so i don't know how i missed this early on but um earthquakes yes have you so... ever experienced one See, I have been in my building when there's an earthquake. I have been in certain places, but for some reason, I haven't felt it. Like, I haven't felt it, like, properly. Mm-hmm. Something. I think that's something wrong with me. <laughs> but uh, my friends have, uh, and earthquakes are very common, and they have, like, but the best part is they are prepared for it. Their buildings are earthquake-proof. Like, they have, no, no, I mean, to a certain Mm-hmm. level of mag to a certain magnitude right uh and the, they have drills uh, especially when we came into uni first things we first thing we did was have a drill uh there would be a siren going all over the city and you will be evacuated very fast and you will know what to do you won't panic because you've done the drill mm-hmm. so they're always prepared one thing about japanese they're super prepared for anything it, um... You know, the only drill I've been a part of is after the um, Easter attacks. We had a uh, bomb evacuation drills in college, and it was ah. one of the biggest. <laughs> I would say it was yeah, a mess. Really. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had like some actual real drills. Like right? we would be in class, and the bell will go off in the middle. It was uh, I don't know the correct word for this like bloody chaos right <laughs> Majan, you must see the, the scenes that the buggers were screamed it's, okay i know it must have been worse in the comment section but i remember buggers <laughs> um locked teachers in uh, classrooms and started screaming <laughs> filth and running down the staircase Majan. oh my god <laughs> it Shit. was i can uh, imagine i can imagine that happening in school that would have been like that would have been so messed up those drills were a joke, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm su- I'm not surprised that the drills in Japan are proper. Yeah. And... One thing I want to say though, mm-hmm. you know how people re- people think Japanese are very efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this. I don't know. I I grew up with this uh, belief from having this belief that Japanese people are very efficient. Of course, you know the five S and things like that. It's there in every classroom, remember? Okay. 
uh, I would say that's more of organized, but they're not efficient. They look for the tiniest details. They stick to the book with everything. So even if it's like such a small thing as um, getting, a, getting your car registered, mm -hmm. that you have, there's so much documentation. There's so much, so many things, approvals you have to get. There's so much red tape. And you, you need to do everything properly, step by step. Yeah, like even when you're at work, uh, so I have worked in McDonald's, okay? Uh, you have to, before frying your nuggets, you need to take it to a certain place, put the nuggets in the pan, and then uh, you you need to use a scissor to open that bag of nuggets when, when you can just tear it open. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to use a scissor, you need to wa wash, you need to spray the scissor with alcohol, and there's so many steps that you need to follow. When you can just keep it on the pan and just drop the nuggets and put it down you know that would cost you like three four minutes to do and why like for what joy i don't know i don't know i, I don't understand it the joy but of for them fulfillment yeah for them it's following the procedure and it's for me it's very inefficient for us for us you know when we are we red tape is you know it's like a suggestion for us it's not a requirement right you know it's just if you yeah. want to so yeah that was a culture shock for me i'd like Why to see how uh, we have, have people uh, um working in our mcdonald's bro you need to ask them <laughs> bro <laughs> but then uh, the city i live in mm -hmm. interesting fact uh in the mcdonald's in the night uh it it turns into you know kolupitya mcdonald's we call it kolupitya mcdonald's because the entire staff is uh sri lankan <laughs> yeah the entire staff is sri lankan even the managers are sri lankan and uh you know you could just go and be like and then you know <laughs> they put three nuggets for you like you know do whatever you ask for it's nice it's an experience you need to have I call no, going to another country and being matang with the McDonald's <laughs> people. So cool. And that brings us towards the end, bro, of this podcast. It's been two hours and it flew. Yeah. It, I mean, that's two years, right? So that's two years of your things and we didn't even cover it. I feel like we didn't even cover it. I feel like it's, I feel very incomplete. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm missing there's, out there's a lot so of things. There's so much like I could tell, but yeah, I understand time i'm pretty sure you guys are gonna be like why didn't you ask me why didn't you ask that why didn't you ask this you know like <laughs> maybe we'll do a part two sometime soon <laughs> yeah yeah of course but it's been an amazing experience man thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for the time i know it was a it's been a rush and you know, had your exams and we had a difficult time managing this and you're staying up for this so thank you man thanks a lot for coming on the show no problem, bro. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I really wanted to like send the message of Japan out uh, so that, you know, people will at least, you know, start researching about this. Um, yeah. And I hope people, you know, people who are stuck, you know, this is a good opportunity for them to, yeah. Exactly. I really hope you guys found this useful as well. I mean, I found it useful even though I'm not looking for something like this. So, uh, you, you guys definitely would have found this useful especially the points that you gave out you know like 
concise, clear, to the point. We covered a lot, Bank. To be fair, we covered a lot. I also got sidetracked a lot, so forgive me for that. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Japan. So I dream one day to, to drop into Japan, maybe. There is this another podcast, Bank. It's called Abroad in Japan. So it was suggested to me by a friend, Praveen. This goes out to you. Um, so to my listeners as well, you guys can listen to that podcast. That's uh, basically a foreigner living in Japan. So his experiences, it's really cool. So you guys can give that a listen as well. Again, a shout out for him for making this possible. Um, you can check out his uh, podcast. We spoke about Finland. Uh, so you can check out his podcast that's already out as well. Again, so thank you for that, Hemaka. And thank you guys for listening to this podcast and staying being tuned in with us for so long and uh, again you're reminded to rate the podcast to drop your reviews to drop your comments to drop your thoughts and you can reach out to us on our instagram page at deco talks or even email us and that brings us to a wrap and how do i say bye in japanese i don't know how do how, how do you, uh, you uh, have, leave a gathering what's the procedure if you have uh, if you have a plan to meet the other person again mm-hmm. then you say matane mm-hmm. or like very casually bye bye uh, but if you don't have a plan to meet again or promise to meet again you say sayonara isn't that sayonara isn't is the famous sp- one isn't it spanish mm, i'm not sure i i've heard sayonara, either, i i've always sayonara was like spanish or something like that sayonara is goodbye in japanese like yeah well okay i was misinformed but yeah matai we yeah. will meet again <laughs> yes, yes yes definitely man. for sure yeah and matai to all my listeners out there as well so thank you and see you all take care and goodbye do you want to say goodbye Ranu? yeah <laughs> goodbye guys i hope you found this interesting yeah right. that's great